to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. What I'm sharing today is not really a sermon. It's an expedition. That's the best word I could think about it. It's it's a search. It's a journey. It's a journey. It's an exploration. It's 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 really a search. It's it's a journey that I want us to go on and I want us to ask ourselves some very important questions. And perhaps I can begin with one. That which you believe, why do you believe it? That which you believe, why do you believe it? Why do you believe it? How do you believe it? When did you start believing it? And I realize that the difference between having conferences and being a pastor is that when I'm pastoring you, I have the right to challenge your belief system. And so some of the things we'll be going into in this period of time may challenge some of the things you've always thought. But here is my biggest key. Check the Bible. So let's begin. John chapter 1 verse 1. Now I find it interesting that at crossover I taught starting from Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. right? And then now we've got John chapter 1 verse 1. The Bible says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. First John 5, 7. We'll come back to John 1, verse 1. The Bible says, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Now, I want us to start from somewhere. We are told, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the word was God. And in 1 John 5, 7, we are told that there are three that bear witness in heaven. And that is the Father, the Word, and the Spirit. Now, we need to ask ourselves some very important questions, right? So number one, this person called the Word. Maybe we can ask it like this. Who was he? Because, you know, like growing up, I always thought, because you know, Jesus is the son of God. So I always thought that in heaven, like Jesus was raised as a little boy. I don't know how he was born, but he was just like this little boy. 
and he would like hold his father's hand and they would walk. And then one day the father said, um, you know, my people on earth are suffering. And he said, father, I want to go on earth and I want to die for them. And so God then got the little boy and put him in Mary. But that's not what the Bible says. As a matter of fact, in eternity past, and that means that side of eternity, right? In eternity past, you know what I mean when I say eternity past, do you? Eternity is the realm of God, right? And then we are in the context of time. Time is just a portion of eternity. So behind us is eternity. In front of us is eternity. I hope you're hearing me. So now, in eternity past, the question then becomes, who was Jesus? In eternity past, was Jesus a little boy? In eternity past, was Jesus a baby? In eternity past, was Jesus calling God dad? Those are questions we need to start asking ourselves sometimes, right? And then the good thing is, guess what? The answers are all there. They're like so clear. I can show you. John 1, 1, right? It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. We'll come back to that. The same was in the beginning with God. Through him. So the word is already given personality. So through him were all things made, and without him was nothing made which was made. Now, when you go all the way down to verse 14, it says, the word became flesh. So the word wasn't flesh in the beginning. But then the word became flesh. And then when the word became flesh, the word, the word dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. So the word actually became flesh. Now, we want to answer the question of who Jesus was in eternity past, right? Like I said, the scriptures will give us all of them. Look at Philippians 2 and verse 5. It says, let this mindset or let this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Verse 6. Who, being in the form of God, let's have the Amplified, who possessing the same attributes that make God, God. Okay, let's this, this read it from the Amplified, right? Who, although being essentially one with God and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God, God, did not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or returned. So meaning in eternity past equal to God. Next verse. But stripped himself of the privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant in that he became like men and was born a human being. So in eternity past, Jesus was not a human being. And after he had appeared in human form, he abased and harbored himself still further and carried his obedience to the extreme of death, even the death of the cross. Exodus. Therefore, because he stooped so low, what did God do with him? Exalted him and gave him the name above every name. Let's answer it again from Hebrews. Hebrews 1. You know, I've not started yet, right? 
I hope you're following. I just want us to go on a journey where we answer questions. And I want you to see something about our Lord Jesus. The Bible says in verse 5, when it's talking about Jesus now as the Son, and now in uh, Hebrews 1, he's giving a comparison between the Son of God and angels. And then he says, for to which of the angels did he ever say, you are my son? Notice this word. Today, I have begotten you. So there was a specific day where the word was begotten. The word became flesh and dwelt among men. Now the question then becomes, who is the word? I don't know about you, but I want to understand. I'm not saying, we all know now, I think we can link that the person of Jesus in eternity past is the word, right? But then the question now becomes, who is the word? Like, who is the word? What is the word? Where is the word? Okay, can we continue? Now, there's a common teaching, and I think you've heard it before. Tell me if you've heard it. How many of you have heard of the concept of the Logos and the Rema word. How many of you have even just heard something like that? Perhaps, let me just re-echo that the major reason why people go to the Greek words and the Hebrew words is because English is limited. So you find that the original writers would use different words, but because of the limitation of English, the same word would be put. So I'll give you an example. Um, so there are two words. There is one which is logos and one which is rema. Can I at least give you maybe a scripture for each? Can I start with rema? Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. So if you are reading that in the Greek, you would read and the sword of the spirit, which is the rema of God. That's what it actually says. Now, most people have suggested, and I think it's something I've also heard before. I actually think it's something I've even repeated myself. That the logos is the written word, and then the rema is the spoken word. So like, and then... By further interpretation, most would love to believe then that the Logos is the Bible. Then the Rema is like the revelation you get from the Bible. Now let's go back to John 1 verse 1. Here's where now the challenge comes in. Can I read John 1 verse 1 and I'll use the word for word in the Greek, right? Let's go. John 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Logos. And the Logos was with God and the Logos was God. Now, if our interpretation is that Logos is the Bible, which Bible was written in the beginning? So, <laughs> now, I, I don't know about you, but let's get real with this. If the interpretation is that the Logos is John chapter 10 verse 5, or John 11 verse 35, Jesus wept. Now, in the beginning, where was John 11 verse 35? If that's our interpretation of Logos, then where was that? Selah. So I'm asking a very 
pertinent question. Because look, I, I don't know about you, but I want to know the mysteries of our faith. And the important question is then, who is the word? What was the word doing? What was the word saying? Do the scriptures show us who the word is? Can we know a little bit more about our Savior by studying the word? So when we're talking about the word in this case, because every time somebody says the word, people automatically think of the Bible. But then it doesn't say in the beginning was the Bible. It says in the beginning was the word. It doesn't even say in the beginning was the scriptures. It says in the beginning was the word. Um, am I going too far? We'll come back. I want us to go somewhere. Oh boy, I've longed to share these things for years. To be fair, I've been studying this for some time. So in the beginning was the word. And the word was. And the word was. Can I show you another example of the word logos? Because I, I say this because to be fair, with the way it's been described, people don't really like the word logos. I don't know if you've noticed. I've been for meetings. I've never gone for like a very, for a meeting with a lot of spiritual words. Like meeting, wait, you guys have never been like to a pastor's meeting where you greet each other by saying Calvary greetings. <laughs> greetings from his vineyard. Or if they want to encourage you, they will say eyes on the ball. Where you have to reply to everything with bless you, bless you. You find sometimes you'll be in a meeting and somebody will say, Here we don't want logos, we just want Rema. We already know logos. No, I'm telling <laughs> how many people have you heard calling themselves logos? Like I'm Frederick Logos Kaluluma. Now, here is <laughs> now can I show you? Oh, by the way. Uh, let me show you another verse that uses the word locus. Hebrews 4 verse 12. By the way, even that one, there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, again, it's the logos and the Spirit. By the way, you are very free to check this stuff. Um, you know how to check sometimes um, on Eastward, if you use Eastward, there's a version of the Bible called KJV Plus. You just click on the plus. And it will show you what the Greek word or Hebrew word is there. At least that's a simple place to start from before you go to the transliteration. Hebrews 4.12. It actually says, For the logos of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Next verse. And there is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Okay, fine. Let's now go to John 1. 1. Let's, let's try and understand this personality called the word. And if he is Logos, then who is he? What was written? Let's go. Before that, would you want me to define the word logos? Define Apas. So as it's that someone has already changed their name on Facebook. Chief suspect, Lusekelo. Okay, now the word logos means a thought, principle, speech, emotion that can sometimes be manifested in writing. John 1 verse 1. We are back. Probably we'll stay here for some time. So in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. 
So now, this word is the word logos, meaning this is like an embodiment that represents the thoughts, the wisdom, the emotion, and all those things of God. So maybe when we, when we refer to words, we usually refer to them as it, right? But then look at the next verse, verse 2. It says he was in the beginning with God. Suddenly there's a personality being given to him. And then verse 3 says something. Verse 3 says all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. So personality is being given to the word. The word is being called a he. And we can see a manifestation of this aspect of, because like I said, logos represents more than just speech. It's the wisdom, it's the emotion, it's the reflection of all those things. So we've established that one of the aspects of logos is wisdom, right? Look at Proverbs chapter 8. Do I have people who are interested in knowing the word? So Proverbs chapter 8, I want us to see a manifestation of the word. Proverbs chapter 8, and I want us to see verse 22. Now, this is wisdom speaking. To prove it's wisdom speaking, verse 1 says, does not wisdom cry out? And we've already established that if we're to go by the word logos, wisdom is part of the word. That's part of the embodiment of the word. That's part of the characteristics of the word. And then look at what wisdom says. And then I want you to, when we read, I want us to see whether wisdom in this case is a mindset or whether wisdom is a person. You'll make the judgment for yourself. Let's go. We can read together. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I have been established from everlasting, from the beginning, before there was ever an earth. So this person or this being or if it's a mindset, is from the beginning. Let's continue. You will tell me if he's a person. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water. 25. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. Uh-huh. Well, as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep. So already, uh, some people have suggested that those of old thought the earth was flat. But interestingly, when he drew a circle. Let's continue. 28. When he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he has signed to the sea its limit, so that the waters would not transgress his command. So there is a reason the waters are where they are right now. If you had to look at a photo of the earth from space, you would wonder, like how? It looks like a rock with water, but somehow the water, why isn't it falling off? Where did the same gravity come from? It's a set of instructions that God gave to the earth. Let's continue. Then I was beside him in the beginning and the word and the word. Okay. 
Then I was as a master craftsman. And I was daily his delight. Rejoicing always before him. So wisdom rejoices. Let's, let's go on. Rejoicing in his inhabited world. And then look at what wisdom says about himself. And my delight was with the sons of men. So meaning when wisdom would look at the inhabited world, there's something that caught wisdom's attention. And it wasn't dinosaurs. It wasn't lizards. Thank God. It wasn't rats. We praise God. It wasn't Bigfoot. It wasn't Homo habilis. It wasn't apes, wherever they went. His delight was with the sons of men. So already we are seeing that God has given us clues all throughout the scripture. So now the question then becomes... Who is the word? Can I tell you my wisdom on this? Okay, so first we've established that the word is a he, right? So meaning the word is a person. And then we've established that the word was there from the beginning. And then we've established that the word even manifested as the wisdom. And we've established that the word was the master craftsman. So it doesn't surprise you when it says through him were all things made and without him was nothing made which was made. And then also didn't surprise you when in Hebrews 11 we are told that by faith we know that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that that which is seen was made that of which is not seen. Meaning the word in eternity past in our time can be said to be invisible. Right? And then if we've followed through that Jesus is the word, then according to what we read in, in Philippians, then the word already possessed the attributes that make God God. And what are the attributes that make God God? He's omniscient, meaning he knows everything. He's omnipotent, meaning he's extremely powerful. He's all-powerful. And he's omnipresent, meaning you can't run away from him. His presence is everywhere. So those words you like using when praying, at least I've given you the, the meaning. But the point is, who then is the word? Should I end here? No. Or at least give you a clue. <laughs> now here's something that I was asking God these questions. I was, um, I was home last night. I'd just come back from, from dinner at, <laughs> at the Banda residence. And then uh, that's Pastor Matthew and my sister Alice and mom was there as well. So now I just come home and I couldn't think about anything else apart from this question. I found myself asking okay God, who are you? Like like who is the word? Is the word Genesis, Exodus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John? Who is the word? Because those things were not written yet. So who is the word? Is this the part where I tell you, ask your neighbor? Or the neighbor is saying, ah. <laughs> what did the neighbor say? That I'm not the pastor. 
Lord Jesus, are they ready for the definition? Okay, let's let's have one definition. This is not the completeness, but this is one definition. Have you ever used a computer? You have, right? How many of you know that a computer, and a computer, a phone, whichever, how many of you know that a computer has got a physical side and a spiritual side? Software and hardware. <laughs> Guys, hardware, that's spiritual. <laughs> okay, fine. So you find a computer has got the physical side, right? And then it's got the okay, it's got the hardware. It's got the software. Without the software, it's just a machine. But then Ideally, the first major software that I think a computer should probably have is an operating system, right? Maybe you have your Windows. iMac, is it? What is it? Linux and all those things. And then that then becomes the platform through which you create every document. It becomes the platform through which you have everything else, install everything that you need to install and all that kind of stuff. And really, let me ask you just some questions. If you like your computers and the like, right? how does software really begin? In, for, for me, like, and from a layman's perspective, software is really a set of instructions of some sort. Maybe they'll be called chords. But it's really like and that's why that, that side of things can be very boring, right? If you're not really interested. Have you ever been with someone and they're coding? I lived with Digon Shema for four years. Oh my God. I'm like, Shema, what are you doing today? No. There was a time he went for a hackathon. <laughs> like, you'll be doing what? And apparently they bought them food for 24 hours uh, doing some codes and they're like, whatever that was. But the thing is, all these, even just these words that we're able to see, if we were to look into the background of the background, we'll find a set of chords. And it's through those chords that everything is created. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you something. <laughs> the word. The word is the chord of life. Through him were all things made, and without him, was nothing made which is made. Look at Hebrews 11 and verse 3. The word is the code of everything. He's, he's the blueprint of everything. He's the... <laughs> the word is the code of life. He's the codification of everything. The set of instructions concerning the whole world were all in him. And that's why he's called the master craftsman. That's why... You find uh, Mikosi Mullen could come and sing, Who taught the sun where to stand in the moon? Like, where did all those instructions come from? Fine, I'll give you three seconds. Who taught the ocean? Now, see this with me. It says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed. It doesn't say the world there. It says the worlds. I think the Greek word should be ions. It just sounds deep. 
Uh, yeah, I think the Greek word should be ions. It's like, so not just this world, all the worlds you're seeing. Because you know that we are in, we are in, what's, what's our, our galaxy called? Milky Way? And you know the Milky Way is just a small portion, right? Of bigger, bigger, bigger galaxies. Whatever is in them, the day you find out, tell me. But guys, like, the Earth is like this dot in our whole big complex system. Doesn't that make you think? Have you ever seen the verse that says, who is man that you're mindful of him? I taught it. Have you ever read the verse before? It says, when I consider the heavens. So it's like the guy looks, ah, ah, ah. And then you chose man. Like, I don't think you're getting my point. Like, he saw everything else, the magnificence of the stars, of this, of that, of that. And then decide, okay, who will I add my breath of life to? Man. You're like, this is, who is man that you'll skip the planet Saturn, you'll skip the planet Nechizina, you skip the, the planet Jupiter, you skip Pluto, and then you just come and, why do you think the angels were shocked that the whole lot of God manifested in the flesh? And then there were angels there ready to beat up all the men. <laughs> no, I think there were angels ready. Jesus goes like, didn't I, don't you know that if I pray, my father will send uh, legions of angels, 12,000 legions of angels. They were ready saying, this person wants to touch God. Okay, so it says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. In the beginning was, and the word was, and the word was, and according to Proverbs 8, the word is a master craftsman. And then we are shown that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. There was a set of chords in the background. Those were sort of instructions. There are certain things which are not visible, which made things which are visible. There are invisible things. And so the word framed the world. That's what he did. The word framed the world. Because the chords of everything in life is in the word. We're still going to go on, on who is the word. But the word framed the worlds. That is why when the word manifested as flesh, the word was not subject to the laws of man. For example, the word had this beef with water. It's like, okay, let's, let's, let me just show water that I'm the one who knows the chords. Okay, number one, turned it into wine. So, I don't know. Like, meaning, that which makes water, water, stopped making it water. And that which makes water, water, became wine. Hell, for that matter, not just wine, it was the finest wine. Because those weddings would take long. Okay? And then afterwards, one time, there's a storm. And then, the word who manifested as flesh decided to sleep. Do you know why he slept? Do you know the reason I think he slept? I think he was tired. Because he manifested as a man. So humanity meant he had to sleep. And then the word manifested. and He's asleep. And then the disciples, Master, don't you care that we're perishing? That storm must have been bad. They literally say, telling Jesus he doesn't care. He's got attitude. How can he be asleep or dying? 
and then he woke up and then it says he rebuked the winds what conversation took place between Jesus and the winds that the winds said hey not this way and they turned and went somewhere like it says he rebuked so he talked to them so the wind heard the wind heard and there was a discussion that took place another time Jesus was hungry oh wait let me finish the, the beef with water Afterwards, there came a day he just needed some quick transport. There was no time for a boat. And he decided, ah, okay, I'll just walk. And <laughs> so he walked and walked, and I don't know what pace he was at, but the disciples, when they saw him, thought they had seen a ghost. I don't know how fast he was. And he was probably faster than a boat. And then it says, they thought he had seen a ghost and he says, no guys, and you know he's walking like, no guys, it's me. Like, guys, it's me. Like, look, same hairstyle I had earlier. And they're like, like, it's me. And then one of them is like, okay, if it's you, then call me. Because he, there's a revelation Peter had. Look, I know we laugh at him for sinking eventually, but at least he tried. The guy had a revelation. The revelation was that when the word calls you into a realm, he said, call me. And the moment he said, okay, come, something changed in the dynamics of the relationship between Peter and water. Suddenly, Peter could walk on water. Then when he lost focus on the word, he went back to the natural. Another time, Jesus, the Bible says, was hungry. And then he found a fig tree and he was expecting fruit from the fig tree. And yet the Bible says it wasn't the season for fruit. As far as he was concerned, he wasn't abiding by the laws of the earth. So he was expecting fruit. And when he didn't have fruit to give him, the Bible says he cursed it. He talked to it. He said, you now I'm going to eat from you again. And he went on his way. The next day it was dry from the roots. <laughs> the word what does the word <laughs> another time there was a guy who was blind now you can have your interpretation but can I do a bit of my imagination here the bible says he spat in the soil and made mud now we're not sure how blind this guy was what if <laughs> this guy was at a level where something needed to be recreated and so he remembers, oh, in the beginning, what we did was. <laughs> like, <laughs> in the beginning, when the, when, when the father gave the instruction and said, let us make human beings. Okay, I was alerted. And so I got soil. And I said, okay, fine. If it's new eyes, then let's. And he puts them on the guy. Whatever happened to the mud. Ladies and gentlemen, the word of God is the codification of everything. Let me end by telling you an experience I had which changed my life forever. I've told it to you before, but there's a point I've never really mentioned. And I have to end now. I've told it to you before. By the way, if you had to look at my notes, I'm literally on the third part. I've not yet started, but I'll start soon. 
there is uh, an encounter I once had which and you know God gives encounters because they strengthen you and they expose you to something. He gives encounters through visions, he gives encounters through men, he gives encounters in different ways. So when I was about 16, I had an encounter when I was in my room, 16 or 2011, I was 16, December 13th. I was in my room and I saw the glory of God coming down and he spoke to me audibly. The first words he said were, why should you worry? Now, I'm, I'm trying to make my voice big because the voice sounded big. But I'll tell you something that I remember in that encounter about the voice I heard. Do you know how it sounded like Tawandani? Like if that voice told a house to walk, legs would pop out of that house and that house would start walking. That's how it sounded. Like if that house told a car that you're a fly, everything, if that voice told a car that you're a fly, everything about that car would become a fly. Or else, how do you think the resurrection will happen? The final resurrection. Think about it. People whose bodies have decayed over millions or maybe hundreds of thousands of years, suddenly, at a sound, their bodies' compartments will come back together, be formed into another compartment, unite with their spirit, and they'll be in a glorified body. How do you think that will happen? So the word is the code of life. He's the, that's his role. That's why he is, it is through him that everything is created. Now in the name of Jesus, this is my blessing for you. That in the name of Jesus, it is said of you like it was said of the prophets of old. That the word of God came to him saying, I declare in the name of Jesus that even as you study the scriptures, you find the word. I declare that the word is revealed to you in Jesus' name. Each and every one of you has the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, wow. What a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.